0: Greetings from Covenant Community of L.A.J. Georgia. We want to thank you for taking the time to listen to these messages God has provided to our fellowship from His Word. May He bless you richly as you seek Him. We'd like to invite you to be with us in person someday soon. And for information on that, visit us at LJ.com. And now, let's open up God's Word. Okay, last week, um, we were just talking about a the Holy Spirit work in our life where he is permeating us and penetrating us so much that as we are the accurate mouthpiece for him and we begin to speak, we can, you know, Charles Finney talked about walking into places, speaking a simple word. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, there was an influence that came on the people that... Produced repentance produced humility produced uh, a desire to know God I want that that a bunch of you want that right yes. Yes. what you're willing to let go of to have that you know uh, Hebrews eleven six 6 says without faith trust absolute confidence it's impossible to please God the one who comes to God has to believe that he is. Do you believe that? Yeah. And then he rewards those who diligently seek him. I mean, you know, if there is a, a guy or a girl that you're passionate about, you just don't think about them casually once in a while and try to do something, you know, take a flower off of a cemetery somewhere and send it to her and say, yeah, I've been thinking about you, baby. No, it is a passionate focus god wants our hearts to have a passionate focus on him and he's worthy of that right Right. you don't live to work you work to live so that you can worship god oh that's pretty weak (laughs) the purpose of your life is to bring joy and glory to him today i just want to talk again about the baptism of the holy spirit you know that's something that causes division and causes confusion and concern amongst people. So I want to talk about it, hopefully not to bring confusion, but to give you some freedom as you talk about it to understand where some people are coming from and not to get unduly disturbed. John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water, but there's coming one who will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. I'm baptizing you to bring you to repentance. There's coming one who can do something in you Uh, And transform you by his Holy Spirit who is with you and will be in you. Acts chapter 1 verse 5. Jesus said, John baptized you with water. But you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Because God had a timetable for the coming of the Holy Spirit in a whole different way than he ever had come before. The Holy Spirit in the Old Testament came on and off of people, worked through people in amazing ways. He came on people that didn't even like him. How's that? There? Good. All right. I don't want to hiss on you all day long. Uh, So uh, the Holy Spirit, listen, the Holy Spirit is not restricted in what he can do in in people's lives. Uh, King Saul hated David. Sent three companies of soldiers to take him captive and to bring him back so Saul could kill him. And each group of soldiers, the Holy Spirit came on him and they prophesied. And then they just stood around there prophesying. He said, where are those guys? So he sent another group. Three groups. Finally, he said, man, you've got to get something done. You've got to do it yourself. I will go kill him myself. So he came walking along, and suddenly the Holy Spirit came on him. He began prophesying. When he got to Saul, Samuel, and David, who were there praying and prophesying, he laid down in the road in his underwear and prophesied for three days. And they said, is Saul among the prophets now? And yet he had murder in his heart. He had rejection of God's authority in his life and God's will in his life. The Holy Spirit can do what he wants to when he wants to. Don't worry about him. He can get it done If it needs to be done. Uh, so Jesus said, I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit on you. But sometimes we want the Holy Spirit so that we can feel good, so we can shazam. And 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 and, and Americans, we are people who love instant everything. We want instant fire insurance. What do I say? I believe in Jesus and and, and, and I'm sorry for my sins and what am sign where okay, that's done. I'm a Christian. Uh, there's got to be conviction in your heart I know I'm a sinner conviction of God if you're cold sitting here and and your mind's already gone man you need to worry about yourself That, that doesn't mean God's not real just because you forgot about it doesn't mean that the truth is not there just because you're not thinking about it The truth is, there is a living God who always was, is, and always will be. He created people because he wanted to share his wisdom and power and love. He wanted to share himself with people that he'd created. That's what he created us for. And that's what he wants to bring you back to. Adam and Eve blew it. Adam brought sin into the world. And death came with sin. But Jesus, right there, uh, God came after Adam and Eve in the garden and made them a promise. I'm going to send one who will crush Satan's head. And that's not going to be too long before that's done. But he was defeated at Calvary. Satan was defeated. And Jesus rose from the dead after he died for you and me. The Holy Spirit, Acts 1, 8, Jesus said, You will receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. In other words, right where you are. In Judea, out with your neighbors. And in Samaria, the people that you hate and wouldn't care if they went to hell, and then the outermost parts of the earth, people out there you hadn't even thought about and never even began caring about. When, when the Holy Spirit comes into your heart and life, listen, listen, you're gonna have a whole different direction in life. You're gonna have a whole different priority in life. It is, what makes God happy? What makes God happy? That will be the increasing passion of your life. I don't want to even think a thought that will bother him. I don't want to say a word. I don't want to do something to somebody else that offends him. Remember, uh, husbands, your wife, if she's a Christian, is God's daughter. Sometimes I tell women when I'm counseling them, I said, go to your husband. You got kids? Yes. Go, go to him. Tell him that somebody came in, you caught him kicking your kid around the floor and cussing him. <laughs> And he will just go, let me at him, and I'll tear him to shreds, and you know, I'll run him through a chipper. You know, I'll do something to it, you know, and then say, well, not really. I'm God's daughter, and I feel like you've been really mistreating me, and I've talked to you about it, and you don't seem to care. I've talked to you about this. You don't care. I want you to know, Almighty God is my father, and I trust him. Now, if he let you get by with it, go for it. But if I were you, I'd pay close attention. How many of you girls trust God like that? See? See, you start trusting God. Like, men, same thing. You can say, hey, God gave me a job to do. He told me what to do, and you're, you're a roadblock, sis. And I'm concerned about it. And I'm trying to do this, and I know I'm not perfect, but I'm trying. But if, if, if God lets you do that and get by with that, it's okay with me. I must need, cause I must need a, a kick. I must need that. Because God is testing us. And showing us things. And he uses uh, those of you young people who think that the solution to all of life is to get married to somebody. uh, God uses marriage to show us things about ourselves that we didn't know. You know, uh, men and women are different. They are. Amen. Amen. Yes. If you don't know that yet, You really have got some things to learn. Men and women are different, and God made them that way. God made men to be men, women to be different, and that's fine. And then he made men and women uh, to want to get married, and then when they get married, then he made us to learn a lot of lessons from each other. Not nearly as nice as you thought you were, and uh, God wants to help you. But when you give your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes into your life and then gives you a power. He frees you from the penalty of sin. You're forgiven. He then sends the power of the Holy Spirit into your life so that you have the power to live a new life. When you sin, you can confess your sin. He is faithful and just to forgive you your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness and then give you the power to begin having victory in that area. You don't have to go through the cycle of defeat, defeat, defeat. You can have victory in Jesus. Uh, Jesus said to Peter in Matthew 16... Uh, nineteen. If you want to turn there, Matthew sixteen, nineteen. We'll start at seventeen. Jesus said to him, "Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because." Uh, or sixteen. Simon answers, "You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God." To Jesus, verse seventeen, Matthew sixteen. And Jesus said to him, "Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you." but my father who is in heaven. I also say to you, you are Peter, a detached rock. And upon this rock, Jesus' bedrock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, the place of the dead, will not overpower it. Verse 19, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Talking to Peter, and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound. In heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Then he warned the disciples that they should tell no one that he was the Christ. I'll give you an opinion here. Uh, Peter was given these keys, and, and as the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost on the 120 that were in the upper room, the Holy Spirit came on them. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit. There was fire. And they went out, and 3,000 people believed, and they began going from house to house to house, training them, teaching them, and helping them. And then uh, there came persecution, and it says the Christians were scattered, and Philip went down to Samaria. Samaritans were half Jews uh, mixed with other races and they mixed in other religion worship of God and worship of other things and the Jews hated Samaritans even more than they hated the Jews and so in Acts chapter 8 Philip goes to Samaria and he witnesses to people and people, and he does signs and wonders and all kinds of people were saved but the Holy Spirit didn't come to them now Peter and James came down there, and as they talked with Philip about what was going on, then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. Now, that then happens at Cornelius' house also. Peter is the leader there. so. Uh, Here is my understanding of this. Peter's given the keys of the kingdom. The kingdom of God has come on earth. Jesus is the king. We want his rule and reign in people's people's lives. So at Pentecost, Peter was there. And James and John and all the other 120, they all received the Holy Spirit. They were all baptized in the Holy Spirit. They all had tongues of fire in the head. They all spoke with other tongues, and they ministered out greatly. They had many other gifts, but they didn't get exercised right then. Now, Philip... Because of persecution, he was not one of the apostles. He's gone down to Samaria. He's preached the gospel of the power of the Spirit. Uh, He's doing signs and wonders. People are getting healed. Demons cast out. Stuff's happening. People coming together. How'd you do that? I've been dealing with that dude for a long time, and he's crazy. How'd you make him sane? How'd you make him, like, Jesus? Jesus? Jesus who? Let me tell you about him. And then he would tell them, and people would get saved. And it was so amazing. The whole town was turned upside down. But they didn't receive the Holy Spirit, but Peter came down. And as Peter then sat down, received the Holy Spirit. They received the Holy Spirit, spoke in tongues, and that was obvious to everybody around there. The Holy Spirit has come to the Samaritans. They couldn't believe it. That is shocking. That God would save them. And do the same for them that he did for us. Peter went back home. Man, they they had some talking about that in Jerusalem. Well, in Acts chapter 10, uh, are you still with me? Uh, uh, Peter is down on uh, Joppa with, uh, with a couple of people. And there's a man named Cornelius. He is a Roman centurion. And he's having his devotions. And he'd been worshiping God and giving alms and done all kinds of things. And an angel comes to him and says, hey, yes, sir. Uh, he said, send a couple of your guys down to Joppa. There's a man named Peter at the house of Simon the Tanner, and he is there, uh, and tell him to come, and he'll tell you what you need to know. Yes, sir. And he gets two men, so scamper on down to Joppa, find that dude Peter at the house of Simon the Tanner. A Tanner's house would not be hard to fight, find. <laughs> you know what a Tanner is? Yes, they're tanning hides. You see the buzzard circling that place all the time. I mean, that smells good to them. And, and he's tanning hides. It's all out there. So they found him, and they came. And Peter was up on top of the roof, and he sees the vision of a big blanket coming down. And in it's all kinds of animals. And a voice says, take Peter, kill, and eat. He says, nasty. I don't eat that stuff. I've never eaten that. I am a Jew. I don't eat that stuff. God says, what I told you is clean. Don't call unclean. The blanket goes up. Peter says, whoa. He's there. And then the vision happens three times. And then the vision is gone. And then there's a knocking at the door down there. And there's two men saying, uh, this guy Cornelius has sent us down here and says there's a man named Simon Peter here. Yes, yes, he's up top there. So they go up and get him. And the Lord told him, go with them and tell, uh, tell him, tell these people the gospel. So he goes with them goes in, and he's going into a Gentile's house. Now, you all, I don't even know how to tell you how he did not want to go into that house. I mean, if you can imagine that you have your whole family uh, there, and you've got to go into a house with people full of AIDS and Ebola, and you're going to walk into there, and you're going to walk back out and endanger your whole family. That's about the way he felt. You know, I don't want to go in there. These are just, 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 just. Ju- Gentiles, <laughs> Nasty, you know, and so he went in, and Cornelius said, oh, thank you, sir, for coming. Thank you. Oh, we can't wait. Look at it. And he said, what are all these people doing? Oh, man, we've we got the word from the angel. You're going to tell us what we need to know. We've been worshiping God, but now, and Peter began to speak and to talk, and suddenly the Holy Spirit, bam, came down on him before he even got into a sermon good, and came on, and they spoke in tongues, and Peter said, oh, my word. First the Samaritans, and now actual Gentiles. Speaking in tongues. Peter was there at Pentecost. Peter was there in the Samaritans. Peter was there with the Gentiles. And later on he says, God chose me to use me to open the door to the Gentiles. He had the keys of the kingdom. But I want us... To, to And, and I'm, I know I'm treading on thin ice here, so afterwards don't get mad, don't run off, just talk to me later. If you disagree or if you have a different opinion, you have a question, it's fine. I don't throw rocks and don't do anything, as long as you don't throw rocks at me. So, uh, but, but talk to me. But as I understand it, he's given these keys to... Opened the door because it was unthinkable to the Jews. They thought they were the super race. And they didn't care if everybody else went to hell. And God had this huge plan. No, 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 no. We're all... In Christ, the family of God. Bring in the Gentiles. Bring in the rich. Bring in the poor. Red, yellow, black, and white. All are precious in his eyes. Bring them all into the family. I want to reconcile the whole world to me. You used to have to become a Jew to get right with God. But now, he's welcoming everybody. And he's opening Peter's eyes. And he's saying, Peter, you're there. When the Samaritans received the Holy Spirit, he went back and told the other people in authority. He said, hey, guys. It happened just the way it did to us. He goes to Cornelius and he comes back and says, "Hey guys, happened the way just the way it happened to us." They were baptized in the Holy Spirit. They spoke in tongues. But sometimes now in the preaching, people say, "Well, you have to speak in tongues because that's the way it happened in those three places in Acts." Well, we don't read that the three thousand who got saved all spoke in tongues immediately. We don't read that the five thousand did. I believe. Listen, uh, listen to me carefully. First Corinthians 12 talks about the gift of tongues. This is the ability by the Holy Spirit to speak a language you don't know so that other people can understand. Or the ability by the Holy Spirit for you to hear what somebody else is saying that you had no way of knowing. And to communicate the gospel to them. The purpose of that is not so that you can say, well, look at me. I'm bilingual now. I'm trilingual now. No. It is so that the gospel goes out and comes, comes back in. Amen? That's the gift of tongue. And not everybody has the gift of tongues, but some people do. And you may not have the gift of tongues, but if you need the gift of tongues where you are, and you're trusting in God for that, guess what? He can give you that. He can help you hear what they're saying and, and run it through that interpreter into your little head, and you'll, uh, your big head. Uh, and you'll be able to understand. Or uh, he will, And it, but then in 1 Corinthians 14, it talks about another kind of prayer. It talks about praying in tongues. Paul said, I thank God I pray in tongues more than you all. There's nobody in the church, he says, prays in tongues more than I do. He said, My spirit is praying, my mind doesn't understand, but in the spirit I speak mysteries to God. Sometimes, you know, Romans 8 says we don't know how to pray as we ought to pray. How many of you have been praying and said, Oh Lord, help? I don't even know what to pray. I don't know how to pray. This morning, you know, early, early this morning, uh, Ricky called me and said, Linda's had to go back into ICU. Well, I said, oh, let's pray together. We prayed on the phone together. But I'm praying in my heart. Oh, God, I don't even know what to pray. Holy Spirit, pray the right prayer. You know, if she stays here, then do something wonderful. Give a testimony. If you're taking her to heaven, that's great. You know, one of our young people here said, can you think of anybody more worthy of a promotion? I really like that. That is a wonderful thought. She's our sister. But can you think of anybody that you'd rather go up there and be a perfect peace and be welcomed through those gates with shouting? And I tell you what, I know Linda. She'd be walking through there shaking those hands, dancing up and down, shouting nice and loud and saying, "Whoo! thank you for bringing me on home. That's great. But that's up to God. But we need the Holy Spirit. And Romans 8 says the Holy Spirit prays for us and through us with groanings that can't be uttered. So sometimes you'll be praying. Somebody just shared a testimony this week that I was riding down the road worshiping God and interceding. And suddenly I began to pray in a language that I didn't know. And, and I had the joy uh, of knowing that. So, you know, but, but, but some people think that uh, if I speak in tongues, all my problems are over. I am super spiritual then. Next week, I want to preach out of uh, Judges 13 to 16, the story of Samson and Romans 6. So put that in your notes, write down Romans 6 and Judges 13 to 16 and we want to talk about that. When the sp- flesh overcomes the spirit in a spirit-filled spirit-filled person's life or uh, a spirit-depleted person's life, maybe I should say. Now, we argue about the word filled. And sometimes people think, well, if I have to be filled, that means you think I'm empty. And I don't want you to think. The the word filled, came upon, did all that. Just say the word control. Say the word control. 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 You know, Martha and I were talking about this this week. And uh, she said, well, if you say somebody's full of the devil, we all know what that means. If you just say full of the devil, well, you can imagine somebody full of the devil, right? Some of you may know somebody like that. Do not nudge the person next to you. Uh, You know, full of the devil. It's clear to us. We say, that person, I mean, the way they talk, the way they act, the things they do, it's the devil is in them. So when we say full of the Holy Spirit, what do we mean? It's like the story I tell you all about the pig. You know, you can train a pig because pigs are smart. You can train him to not to do things, to do certain things, but he's still a pig. And on a hot day, he wants to be in the mud, and if he can get in the mud, he'll be in there. And if he sees me coming because I trained him, his ears will hang down, his tail will hang down. he say, oh, he's going to get on my case, but he really loves where he is. But if I could take that pig and pull out the pig nature and slam in a cat nature, guess what? Even if his friends, talk, hey Oink, get on in here with us, man. Let's get down in the mud. You, you know you love this stuff. We got some over here smells just like you like your favorite. Come on over here. Even if he goes back in there, guess what? He'll stay there just a little bit. He says, "Y'all, I got to get out of here." Oh, you think you're better than us? No, I just used to like this. I don't like it anymore. I I'm I changed. I gotta go get clean. Woo! I gotta get out of here. You'll eat different. You'll go different. You'll be different because you've got a new nature. Amen. And that's what the Holy Spirit's about—the Holy Spirit coming into us. It's not. Don't let's not argue about baptized or uh, marinated or filled or uh, came upon and all that. Don't argue about it. I am controlled by the Holy Spirit, and I want the Holy Spirit to control me. Amen. Yes. Now I will tell you this: One time I was riding down the road by Liberty Church. I was going over that hill, going down towards 382, and I said, I wish you would do me like a demon does somebody. Just come in, take over, Ooh, make me do all the stuff that you want me to do. And for the Holy Spirit says, no, it'll be one choice at a time. You decide. I'll speak to you. And you can say yes. And if you say yes, oh, it'll be better. And if you say more yeses, they'll be better and better. But if you bulk up and say no, it's going to limit things for you. Do you have a a desire in your life to know Jesus more? That's the job of the Holy Spirit, to point you to Jesus more, to make you more like him. He will let you, just like the psalm said, you know, if you want grape juice from a grape, what you got to do to the grape? Crush it. it, Squeeze it. If you want flour, grain, to make wonderful bread uh, from the grain, what do you got to do to the grain? It's got to be crushed. If you want to get beautiful perfume from a rose to put in a bottle, what do you got to do with the rose? It has to be processed. It has to be crushed. And I don't know that process. To make something beautiful out of it. God, in his work in your life, is not crushing brokenness. Everybody say brokenness. Brokenness. How many would just love to be broken? Well... You know, that's not something that we just say, oh, yes, I just can't wait. But the the breaking that God does in your life is for a great purpose. You know, when Mary came to Jesus and said, oh, I love you, Jesus, the most precious thing I have is my alabaster container of perfume. Very expensive. Now, how many of you are happy that are above 12 years old? happy to take a shower or a bath every day. Yes, I mean, 12-year-olds, they don't want to do that. You know, they see flies following them around and they just go But but over in the Middle East, you can't find just water to take a bath and a shower all the time, way back in that time. So they had ointment. You put that on, you smell better than most of the people around you. You have ointment. And she took that, but she had to break it. And then she spread it on Jesus' feet and then wiped his feet with her hair and her tears. And then the it says the odor filled the house. That's what we're praying for with the Holy Spirit's work in our life: that we be a radiant uh, light, that we be a uh, incense that spreads into whatever place that we are. the The smell of Jesus. You know, when when they looked at the early apostles, they said they took note of them that they had been with Jesus, been with Jesus, they were different, uh, to be baptized in the spirit, uh, well, blah, blah, blah. no, don't talk to me, Siri, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't time of okay, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 okay? Corinthians chapter 12, Verses 1 through 11 tell you about all the different kinds of gifts. Look at verse 3. Uh, Paul the Apostle by the Holy Spirit says, Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Let me invite you, when the Holy Spirit's in you and you're in a situation you don't know what to do, say, Oh Lord Jesus, help. Oh Lord Jesus, help. Oh, Lord Jesus, help! if you will start calling out to him regularly, you will see things happen. You will find amazing things uh, happen. Thank you for your testimony, Carrie, talking about as we go, we start seeing God everywhere as you walk with him. To be baptized in the spirit means we belong to Christ's body. To be filled with the spirit means our body belongs to Christ. To be baptized in the spirit means that we belong to Christ's body. By one spirit, look at verse 13 here. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, all made to drink of one spirit. So the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. And then there's going to be many experiences that you have as you go. John 7, uh, look back at John 7 very quickly, um, and then we're going to take communion here. John 7. Verse 37. Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, believes in me. As the scripture says, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water, flow rivers of living water. Not a big pond, flow rivers of living water. By this, but this he spoke of the Spirit, who those who believed in him were going to receive, for the Spirit was not yet given. Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Giving uh, yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ to be your Lord and your Savior means turning from sin to live, to please Him, filled with the Holy Spirit. Y'all can go ahead and come up if you want to, Joel. Uh, y'all can go ahead and come. And uh, then uh, we will walk living in to please him so you're baptized as i understand it by the holy spirit into the body of christ and then you become a living channel of the holy spirit you will be filled many times for whatever you need filling for you will be the holy spirit will come on you it says that acts chapter 4 they were beaten they were threatened and the holy spirit came on them and the whole place that they were at was shaken Then it says, Paul, he was on the island of Cyprus and there was a man resisting him. And the Holy Spirit, it says, he, filled with the Spirit, said, you, you son of the devil, you are resisting the word of God. You're going to be blind for a while. And the guy, boom was blind immediately. And somebody had to take him by the hand, lead him around. We need the filling of the Holy Spirit and sometimes we need the flooding of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So we are like rivers of water. It's flowing. The Holy Spirit is flowing. The Holy Spirit is not, and I said it, but the Holy Spirit is God, the Holy Spirit, a living person. He is the person of the Holy Spirit and He's flowing through us. How many of you have ever had a log jam in your life? You know, when you let sin Build up in your life. You can... What happens to a creek that has a log jam in it? There's a flow. It overflows. It does flow. It overflows. And it goes out of its banks and there's all kinds of damage done. Y'all, we need to say, Holy Spirit... Show me things that are blocking, things that grieve you, things that quench you, things that resist you. Help them to be removed from my life. Help me to be quick to come to you and to get clean and then to let that river flow and flow in the power of the Holy Spirit in a greater, greater way. And as a creek goes down towards the ocean, it gets bigger and bigger because there's more and more joints to it. You know, this body of believers, as we join together, filled with the Holy Spirit, amazing things can happen as individuals and amazing things can happen among us as we Uh, are functioning together as a group. So God is going to bring into our lives breaking of our soul powers of our self-righteousness of our self-centeredness, our self-will and then it will be it used to be all of me, none of Jesus. Then it was some of Jesus and quite a bit of me. And then it was uh, less of me and more of Jesus and what his goal is that it's all of Jesus and none of me and I've surrendered to him for that what, uh, there's a couple of evidences I've got written down here of somebody who's filled with the spirit Acts 1.8 says you'll have the power to witness Ephesians 5.19-21 says that you'll have God's joy flowing out of you there will be a submission in, in proper lines uh, of authority Uh, Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit says there will be a Christ-likeness. Out of your life will flow love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith. Out of of your life will come these things. And then uh, there will be a growing understanding of the Word. John 16 says that you will grow more and more into the Word. because we're all very different and we're all differently gifted there can be trouble and friction sometimes we want everybody to be like us and sometimes we've had an experience and we want everybody's experience to be just like us 1 Corinthians 13 is right after 1 Corinthians 12 and just before 1 Corinthians 14 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14 talk about tongues 1 Corinthians 13 says if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels in other words if I'm super tongue speaker I mean, there's nobody who spoke with tongues like I speak with tongues. And have not love. As far as God's concerned, I'm not. If I have self-sacrifice where I give my body to be burned, but I didn't do it out of love and with the love of God for me, It's meaningless to God. And he goes through. The love that is from God is the love. God kind of love is patient. It's kind. It's long-suffering. It's not jealous. It's not rude. It's not, and, and, and he goes on talking there, 1 Corinthians 13, the love of God flowing out through us. I am so thankful in this body of believers. I see so much of that love of you all between each other and between us and for our community. And what we're praying is we, we don't have to argue about whether you've been baptized or whether you've been filled. What I want to know is are you controlled by the Holy Spirit? Yes. Do you want to be controlled by the Holy Spirit? Then in Luke 11, it says, ask, A-S-K. Ask, and you shall be given. Seek, and the word is a continuous. Ask, and keep on asking. You know, Sophie, when she wants wants something, my my daughter, uh, she's autistic, and she's at Shane's, and she says, brown cookie, please. Brown cookie, please. Brown cookie, please. Brown cookie, please. She has a focused mind. She has a focused heart. She knows what she wants, and she's talking about it till we get us a brown cookie. God likes that. If you come to him trusting him, he likes you to get serious and to keep talking to him. The only time to stop asking God is when he tells you not to. He told Paul, Paul, 2 Corinthians 12, stop praying about that. I'm going to leave that problem there. He told Moses, quit praying about going to the promised land. That's over. That's not going to happen. Could have, but it won't now. Stop praying about it. But until God tells me stop praying, listen, I can keep praying about things until he shows me clearly what his will is. So I ask, seek, knock. Jesus said, if you being evil give good gifts to your kids, and you do, I watch that, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him? You say, well, what, what, what if it's the devil? me speaking in tongues. Is God going to let that happen to his kid that really wants to worship him? No. He's not going to do that. He will show you what's going on. So I just uh, wanted to, to talk about that a little bit today. Next week we will talk about what happens about the bad examples that we see of people who are walking in the flesh, and yet the Holy Spirit's there. And it's very painful. and it's very confusing to me as a younger person very painful to me as an older person. We want to talk about that. So you'll read Judges 13 to 16 about the life of Samson and then we'll study Romans chapter 6 and see what it says and we'll be greatly blessed and then Eric will preach to you for three weeks. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Father, we come to you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we are children and sometimes we get confused and we get messed up and sometimes uh, we're not exactly sure, but we thank you that you've told us that the bottom line is you want to forgive our sins you want to reconcile us to yourself and you sent Jesus down here to reverse the curse you sent him down here to suck into himself all of the evil repercussions from all that Satan brought into this world through Adam and Jesus Christ took it all into himself so that we could be cured So we could be redeemed, so we could be ransomed, so we could be reconciled, so we could be restored. Because you are love and you desire for your love to be flowing in us and through us and back to you and out through us to the people around us. Father, uh, we want to cooperate with you in your intentions in our life, in our family's life and in this church's life and in our community's life and in the world. So we want to be controlled by your Holy Spirit. Help us, Lord, to keep saying yes to you. Whatever it is that you want to take, help us to trust you. Whatever crushing you bring, whatever grinding you bring, whatever uh, heat that you bring into our life, we know that it is always done from a heart of love with careful control to remove the things that are harmful so that the best things can shine in us and through us so that one of these days we can stand before you rejoicing at what you did and what a beautiful thing you made out of our life and through our life. And so we surrender to that today. As we take communion, Lord, we thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ, your Son, God, who took on human flesh, God with skin on, and then willingly, because of his great love for us and because of his great love for you and obedience to you, he came and gave himself as a sacrifice on the cross to remove the evil that had come into this world to defeat death so that we could be restored to you and we could have eternal life right now. We could begin having our minds made over and our will and emotions and restore to become more and more like Jesus here and more and more like him in eternity. I pray that any person here today whose heart is dry, empty, who is overwhelmed and feeling so guilty, they don't think that you can help them, that they would look to you, Lord Jesus, and they would confess their sins ask you to forgive them, and you've promised that you would. I pray for any person that is your child and that's stray from you and their heart is cold, that you would warm their hearts back to you and your great love and your wonderful plans in their life. And then I pray that you would help us, each one, Lord, to become a strong army, a band of mighty brothers and sisters working together, seeking the kingdom of God, and in the war, uh, with our armor on, with our hearts fixed, to do all that you call us to do wherever it is that you place us. Thank you for each person here today. Thank you for your presence among us. Pray that your word now would touch our hearts and lives and then help us to go from this place spreading the good news of Jesus. And it's in his wonderful name we pray. Amen. We want to thank you one more time for taking the time to listen to these messages that God's provided our fellowship. We believe he's doing something special among us and would love for you to be a part of it. We hope that you'll take the time to come and visit us in person someday soon. And we invite you to visit our website, covenantcommunityelege.com. There you'll find information on how to contact us if you have a prayer request or if there's a specific way we can minister to you and your family. Until then, God bless you.